Galatians chapter 1. Um, topic I want to look at today is that service requires sacrifice. Um, in Galatians, we'll start there. To stand, to stand for anything in life um, literally requires taking a stand. I know it's kind of <laughs> makes sense, but and, and you know, and serving serving the one true God certainly requires sacrifice. Uh, it's it's not easy, as we know. Uh, when when it comes to sacrifice, uh, sacrifice of your time, you know, sacrifice uh, of your um, desire sometimes things other things you may want to do as something you personally would like to do sacrifice finances it takes it, it requires sacrifice it's not something that that is automatic or automatically happens and nor is it convenient many times um or comfortable let's put it that way there are a lot of things that we give up if you would want to put it that way for the sake of taking a stand for God and to serve Him, to honestly serve Him. Galatians chapter 1 verse 4 says that who, talking about Jesus Christ, gave Himself for our sins that He might deliver us from this present evil world. The word world is age. Who, de- who, who might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of God and our Father. You know, why would we, like, why would we serve God? You know, when we become when we become believers, it says Jesus Christ has delivered us from this present evil age. So we are delivered, and you know, a lot of other places you can think of that relates to that. You know, love not the world or the age, the things of this age. Love not those things. Um, we are not part of that. So if we're, when we're not a part of that world and the things of the age, then quite naturally, we're going to not feel comfortable anymore in that. Nor are we going to be able to do the, you know, the, the rituals and other things that this age gets up to. Right? So we, we serve God, you know, and that many, many times is very uncomfortable in this age because this age does not serve God, nor do they have any desire to do that, as far as I can tell. <laughs> So, you know, we shouldn't feel out of place, even though we are out of place. Luke chapter 17. You know, the apostles asked Jesus Christ some questions about service, and uh, he had some interesting answers. We'll take a look at a couple of those. Luke chapter 17. Verse 5. And the apostle said unto the Lord, "Increase our faith. You know, make us help us to believe more. You know, make it greater." And the Lord said, "If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you.'" So you know, it's not that you needed more. He said, "Just even a little bit of faith is is all you need to to accomplish amazing things." But, it was interesting, he says this in the context of this question. But which of you, having a servant, plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him by and by, when he is come from the field, 
go and sit down to meat. So the servant does all the work. When he comes back in, he says, the servant, the master doesn't say, okay, now you go and have your supper. Verse 8, and will not rather say unto him, look, make ready wherewith I may sup, make my supper first, and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken. And afterward, you can eat and drink. Doth he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. He goes, I don't think so. So likewise ye, when you shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. It's a very interesting response to increase our believing, isn't it? He said, listen, you, you can accomplish a lot with just a little bit of believing. And, he, and essentially he says, you know, your job, basically, you're, this isn't outside the, or the ordinary and all of a sudden something new. And Your job is to believe God. And so, you know, don't, don't think, oh, this, we're doing this amazing thing, you know. He says, look, even, even a servant in the world, he doesn't wait and, you know, he doesn't let the, uh, the servant be, be fed before he, he's fed. The servant just does his job. He goes, do your job. Right? It's an interesting way for him to answer that question, isn't it? He said, You're, just do your job. Your job is to believe, you know. Um, and with a little bit of believing, he said, you can accomplish a lot. So in our natural, and again, being outside this age, in the, in the area where we serve God, our job, our duty is to believe God and, and to get on with the business of believing Him and, and not be concerned with all the other extraneous things of life. Right? In, in um, Mark, Matthew chapter 10, you know, and that servant, like that, that servant is a good example because do you think maybe that servant was tired that day someday when he comes out from the field and he's been working all day and goes, wow, I can't wait to have a, you know, a, a meal and a beer whatever, a cup of tea, whatever. And yet, so, you know, it's not convenient. So the guy's watching his master to say, listen, I'm gonna, what does he want next? Okay, I'm going to do it. What does he want next? And he, Jesus Christ is telling that to, his, to those people who are asking, what can we do? What can, how can we work harder and know more and believe more? So when you, we're watching the master and he asks us, it's not going to be always comfortable to do what he asks us, is it? Was it comfortable for the servant? He might have been tired, but yet he had to still feed him and do that. Uh, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. What a great what a great section. So obviously Jesus Christ was in favor of breaking up families. That's that's what he says here, right? No, you know, it's interesting. 
because of all the things in your life that you love and respect and are concerned about and things that you know you may hold to be of high value he said you know don't you dare love those more than me if you do you're not worthy of me and this is it's quite a call to service to serve isn't it he's not saying you know husbands be fighting with your wives and mother-in-law he's not saying that but so when you take a stand what ends up happening when you serve, what ends up happening? Well, those things happen. Sometimes you're at odds with your family. Sometimes you're at odds with your, you know, your best friend or with the, certainly always with the world. But, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be at odds. And he said, in those situations, choose me. And that's not always easy, is it? Daughter and son more than me? You know, husband and wife more than me? I'm supposed to choose you, Lord, in those situations? Yeah, if you're a servant, if we're going to serve. Service requires sacrifice. It's not easy. It's not comfortable. But boy, it is worth it. And it's necessary. In, in um, Luke chapter 9, I mean, a lot of his parables are in this kind of area, but just looking at a couple. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. And it came to pass that as they went their way, went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee. I'm going to, you know, I'll do whatever, whatever you want. I'm there. I'll do it. I'll do it. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. He goes, you want to follow me? He goes, there's sometimes I don't even have a place to sleep. You want to do that? You want to follow me? Sometimes I, I can't even find a place to sleep. You sure you want to do that? He asked him. Uh, verse 59. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. I got things to do, I got to deal with. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead, and let this dead or the town, I think the word is, bury their dead, but go down and preach the kingdom of God. He goes, I want to follow you, but you know, I got a few things I got to deal with first. You know, what service? Is it comfortable? Is it easy? Is it convenient? Not, no, it's not. Many, most, many times it's just not. He goes, If you want to follow me, follow me. In verse 50, 61, another said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go and bid farewell, which are at home and at my house. You know, these got to deal with these relationships that are going on. And Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. He goes, where is your heart at? You really want to follow me? You really want to serve? Then all the other things that hold sway in your life, you put aside. If you really want to serve me, that's quite a call, isn't it? And you know, again, you know, was it easy for the prophets of old to serve God? Did they did they maybe have to do things they didn't want to do? You know, uh, did they maybe have to move a little bit outside of their comfort zone sometimes? To walk naked for three years, to lie on your side for three hundred years, and eat food made from on dung and all these. You think that was easy to be, you know, but they serve God. It's not going to be always easy. Right? It requires sacrifice. Are we willing to sacrifice the other things that we maybe hold true or dear or important or hold in high esteem in our lives for the sake of serving Him? You know, it's, it's, it's not an easy question to always answer, is it? Acts chapter 4. Let's look at one quick record here in Acts 4. and 
sometimes it's easy to read these records and just kind of you know go over them and say oh that's that's kind of neat but you don't you know think about what's what's going on Acts 4 verse 1 As he spake unto the people the priests and the te- captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them they were preaching the gospel being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now even tied. Just that verse itself, you know, just they, they grabbed them and threw them in a hold for a day. It's not a good thing. If you're out preaching the gospel in Ottawa or wherever else you might be preaching, and someone grabs you and throws you in prison for the night, it's not fun. It's not, you just read it and go, oh, well, yeah, that's kind of cool. No, well, these guys are here, they are, they gave their lives. They were out there giving their life. And they're thrown in jail. Verse 4 Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of men was about 5,000. <laughs> many. 5,000. <laughs> you know, it's always, some of these verses are very interesting. And it came to pass on the morrow that they had rulers and elders and scribes, and Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said unto them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Do you think that maybe God backs up people who stand for him? What do they have? He's talking, telling them about the name of Jesus Christ. Do you think we're on our own when we choose to serve Him? He says, don't you think for a second that, you know, He even tells them later, it wasn't nothing to do with us by the name of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ sent out the 70 or the 10, did they lack anything? Remember, He asked my question, did you guys lack anything? He said, no. They said, no, we had everything we needed. Raise the dead, heal the, you know, heal and cleanse the lepers. All these things they did, God didn't leave them. Let's see how they can manage the service. You're serving God. Does God back you up? Is He always with you? Here, here's, here's Peter just preaching. By the name of Jesus Christ, have not, this guy is here. We made him whole. You see? Verse uh, 11. This is a stone which is set at naught of you builders. Is it still the stone? Become the head? Is He still the head of the corner? Absolutely. Neither is there salvation. Any other still true? Absolutely. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness, oh yeah, these guys are bold, of Peter and John. You know, is it easy to be bold in situations where people are being angry at you and throwing you in jail and, you know, basically negating everything you say and making fun of you and all these things? No, but that's service. It's not comfortable. It's not easy. But it's necessary if we're going to serve Him. Jesus Christ essentially said, that's your job. You know, don't get all worried about, just do your job. I love that sketch section. Just do your job. Okay, I can handle that. Now do your job. You know, he doesn't ask us, uh, you know, why can't you serve me first? No, he makes him his meal first, and then, okay, now you can eat. Very interesting, you know. Uh, and these guys were not happy with these guys, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. So therefore, I, I, am, I feel highly qualified when I read that, to, to serve God. Unlearned and ignorant. I can handle that. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. 
And behold, the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Why they would want to, who knows. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. You know, we could talk a long time here about the workings of the adversary behind the scenes to crush anything that you and I might want to do in serving God. We could talk about that for a long time because it's prevalent in all the verses. There's always, you ever notice, every time they preach the gospel, there's always this stuff happening in the background, something behind the scenes to stop preaching. So you have an adversary. He fights against you. You know that. Best choice is to serve God because when he's on your side, the other side doesn't matter. But to serve him means our heart, our whole heart. You know, not lip service, but our heart, a heart to serve Him. Even though it bloody well feels uncomfortable most of the time to serve Him. Verse 18, And but it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them, that they speak henceforth to no man in His name. And they called them, and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said, You guys, whether it's in the sight of right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, you figure it out. But we cannot but speak the thing which you have seen and heard. Later on in chapter five, if you read that other record, he ought, he basically responds by saying we ought to obey God rather than man. But you know, the pressure to obey man is very, very strong. To obey people and to obey man and to obey those who would stop you from serving God and walking with Him. It's very strong. Uh, but here's Peter and John, unlearned and ignorant. <laughs> I love, love that. You, know, you, you, could write a, you could write a little job description. Looking for unlearned and ignorant people. Hey, I, I can, I'll take that job. <laughs> but your life will no longer be your own, but you'll have the power of the God of heaven and earth on your side. I like it. Sound benefits are great. First Corinthians chapter four. First Corinthians chapter four. Verse nine. For I think that God hath set forth us the apostles last, <laughs> as it were appointed to death. For we are made a spectacle unto the world, and to angels and to men. Basically look like idiots. We are fools for Christ's sake. But ye are wise in Christ. We are weak, but ye are strong. You are honorable, but we are despised. Despised, fools, spectacle. Even unto this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place. Aren't those some of the things that Jesus Christ said that were required if they followed? Then he said, There's no place for me to sleep. And I said, We don't certain don't. Oh, when, probably in good company there. <laughs> no dwelling place and labor working with our hands being being reviled we blessed being persecuted we suffered and when they're being attacked how do they respond wow is that easy they're you know reviled they blessed being persecuted we just have to suffer it being defamed we entreat we are made as the filth of the world wow and are the offscouring of all things unto this day Second Corinthians chapter six. You don't write that in the job description. That's what ends up happening. Filth. Wow. 
2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 4. But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings. Right. Go to chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I just finished reading a book. It was. It's called. I think I might have mentioned before. It's called "Tortured for Christ," and it was written by a uh, Romanian minister in the days of Nazi uh, communist occupation of Romania. And you know, I read some of these things that the guy went through, and I say, and I'm going to complain because the fellowship went on for too long, or something, or or maybe I had to drive an extra twenty minutes. Or I'm going to complain if I have to put out an hour aside to read my Bible. Or I'm going to have to... Com- you know, the things that, you know, <laughs> we might complain about when you hold them in light of what God's call is to serve, it's embarrassing many times, isn't it? It's rather embarrassing. If I'm going to serve Him, I read my Bible and I see what it requires to serve Him. But I also see, you know, what the benefits and how I'm blessed and protected and He's on my side and helps... But it, puts it, it makes the things that we might complain about in serving Him pale in comparison to what the calling actually is, isn't it? Isn't it? Right. Have you ever gone hungry for a whole day? Have you been thrown in the Atlantic Ocean for a day and a night? Have you been, you know, have you been starved? Have you been in the middle of a famine? Have you been called the filth of the world and the offscar? Has that ever happened? Not, not to the extent that we read. And some of the Christians' lives you read about, you go, wow, I have nothing to complain about. But I'm still going to complain. <laughs> you know. You know, it's interesting. The call to service is not easy. It requires sacrifice. It's not convenient. And it may just put you outside your comfort zone more often than not. And it may just cause you to do or have to do things that you don't want to do. Fine. That's the calling. Jesus Christ said it. Are you going to look back or are you going to look ahead? Where, where, do you, where, where, where do we stand in our day-by-day decisions of these things? Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more labors, more abundant, stripes more above measure, and prisons more frequent in death. I know this is Paul the Apostle. And I know they were talking about the Apostles. I know that. I know that the greater the responsibility, the greater sometimes the call that you have, the more you're, you know, you get a target put on your back. But just looking at the comparison, you know, we're we're not all called to be apostles and prophets and but this is way more Anything that ever really happens to us, isn't it? You know, so you know. Sometimes I have to. I look at myself. I look at what is the level of your service? What 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 more could you do? What more could you sacrifice? What more could you do to serve Him? You know, and uh, verse. Uh, let's keep reading. In stripes above measure, prisons, deaths, five times, you know, beaten by the Jewish Jews. Thrice was I beaten with rods, verse 25. Stoned, suffered shipwreck, night and the day in the deep. Journeyings often, perils of waters, robbers, my own countrymen, heathen, perils in the city, wilderness, in the sea, among false brethren, even within the body of Christ, people who got in to deal with him. In weariness and painfulness. In watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. You know, I don't wish any of these things on any of us. But you read, you know, you read 
what God's Word talks about, what, what it requires for us to serve. And Jesus Christ's high calling, yeah, you, that's just your job, you know, you just what you do. It's quite a, quite a it's, it's sobering to look at those things, to understand, you know, how can I, God, how can I, what more can I do? How can I, what can I do for you today, God? What more could I do to serve you? Yes, I realize it may put me outside of what I might want to do today. I might have had other plans for today. I might have wanted to do something else that I personally like to do. It might make me feel a little uncomfortable. Well, what do you want me to do for you today? Yes, I'm willing to you know, uh, feel like a fool in front of the world or feel like the filth of the world or the things, other things that happen. What do you want me to do today? Because uh, uh, Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Because, because we are, this is the present evil age. We are not of the age. We're outside. And the other, another place, what does the Bible call us? Strangers and pilgrims, right? Strangers. Hebrews chapter 11. Did I say 12? 11. Verse 32. And what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in flight, fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. Darn right, not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. You know, like, you know, um, just what do I want to see out of serving God and God's Word in my life? What do I want to see? What do I want my life to contribute to God's work? Where, where do I want to go? You know, how much am I willing to put on the altar, so to speak, to serve Him? How much am I willing to do without how many personal personal time or whatever else I might be interested in in my life? What am I willing to do without to serve Him? Recognizing that those who came before us and those who stood for him, the things they went through, the things that brothers and sisters go through in the world today, you know, I'm not. We don't wish bad things on people, at all. But how many times is it because I backed off, because I was more concerned about what the world might have had to say, because I was more concerned about not feeling uncomfortable, because I was more concerned about what people might think about me or the or the consequences of what my actions might bring. This is not also an injunction to go out there and do stupid things either. It's just to recognize that service requires sacrifice. And we oughtn't to shy away from it if we're going to serve and walk with Him. Um, in Galatians chapter 6, almost done here. Galatians chapter 6. I love this couple of verses here. Galatians 6, verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. I love that. You know, it's a great way to think of our lives. By whom the world is crucified, 
by the work of Jesus Christ, the world was crucified unto him. By the work of Jesus Christ, he had been taken in and out of that age, and the world was dead to him. And I unto the world. And the world could care less about him. He was dead to the world, and the world was dead to him. That's service. That's where service takes you. He says, you know, after the work of Jesus Christ, by what he did for me, I am no longer part of that. The world is crucified unto me. And by the way, I unto them, because they don't care about what I'm doing now. The age doesn't care. You're in the same boat. By the work of Jesus, we started off by looking at how he has delivered us from this present evil age. We're outside of that. And now, guess what? The world is dead to you, and you're dead to the world. So don't be, conf- you know, don't be... Surprised when the thinking of this age goes against the things that you and I believe and stand for. We shouldn't be surprised because we're outside that age. Good way to think of it, you know. Um, uh, Authors share that. I think we shared it before in Banner Brothers, that great, you know, wonderful piece of work where one of the soldiers told, one of the captains told him, he said, you know, when you're in, when you go into the war, just believe you're dead already then you can service, you can function normally. It's an interesting way to think of it, right? Paul said, I'm dead to the world, the world is dead to me. I don't care what it thinks about me. I don't give a darn. And guess what? I don't care about it either. I don't love the world, don't love the age. It's a present evil age. Jesus Christ has taken us out of it. Now we li- we, we, we're outside, we're strangers and pilgrims. So don't, be, don't feel bad if this place just doesn't feel like home. Because it's not. We'll close in Second Timothy chapter four. Second Timothy chapter four. There's a reason behind all of this, and we didn't look at much that, but Second Timothy, I thought we'll close this chapter four, verse six. For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. Fought a good fight. Even those words there should just kind of convey Exactly what your life or life can be like when we serve Him. Fight a good fight. That sound like the things you want to do every day? You want to fight every day? That's what it says, right? It doesn't say, you know, I kind of cruise down the Danube on my floaty. I fought a good fight. So He was fighting. It's like you might, and you might, it may just very well feel every day you're fighting. Well, I have fought a good fight. Is what it says. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. So there is reserved an inheritance, reserved, pure, undefiled for you and me in heaven. You know, and when, when we will be, we'll feel at home again. You know, because we're not at home here. And our service to Him requires sacrifice. It requires putting us outside the comfort zone. It requires us to do things we don't want to do. It, requ- it takes away our time. It takes away our finances. It takes away our desires many times. So we shouldn't be surprised by that. We, you know, uh, um, so service requires sacrifice. And many days it's just not that easy. But well worthwhile. Someday we're going to be with Him in eternity, you know, and it's going to be a great day, a new heaven, a new earth, a new time, and 
we'll look back and say, ah, you know, I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to uh, remind you of another movie now. Uh, remember Schindler's List? At the end of the, at the last scene, where he was on the tracks, and he said, ah, I wish I could have sold more of my cars, and I wish I could have sold more just to save a few more people. You know, it's an interesting way to think. Well, let's not have any regrets. Let's give them all that we have here in this life and look forward to a wonderful day when we'll be together with him. Yeah, so service requires sacrifice. Amen. God bless, guys. Yeah, God bless.